BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Before I bring my distinguished guest, I'm going to read a story that is breaking as we speak. Shout out Black Club. Uh, Max Lederman is the author's name. And this uh, story popped uh, into my consciousness right before I came online to have this conversation with my distinguished guest who's very patiently waiting. Here's the headline. Few show for protest of Portage Park migrant shelter. Few, as in hardly anybody, okay? Not few, as in Bobby Few, or few, thank goodness this is over. No, few, as in F-E-W, not many people, okay? Uh, and I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you, Chicago, uh, for this, or Portage Park residents. As my, um, I'm just going to rant and rave here and then bring my distinguished guest on and get her point. Nothing has been more embarrassing to me. No, that's a long, that's not true. Few things have been as embarrassing to me as a, a resident of Chicago, as the reaction that Chicago has had to a handful, routes of handful of migrants, all right, coming to our city. The way the uproar in neighborhood after neighborhood, crossing all ethnic and racial boundaries has been pathetic. Your reaction to Chicago has been pathetic. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Chicago. Every, almost every single one of you is a descendant of an immigrant. And you act like you've never seen a person from another country before. Shame, shame, shame on you. And don't even get me started on a pathetic group of leaders across the board in every sector who are just acting like they're utterly helpless in their inability to build a freaking house, rehab a house. But people showing up, I'm outraged, I'm mad, send them back. Every neighborhood, it's embarrassing. It's just like, watch it. And I'm like, why are the people who are coming on the buses or the planes, whatever, or police stations, why are they any different than your grandfather or your father or you? You got people who can, like, broken English who say, I just got here 10 years ago. Now send them back. What a disgrace. What an embarrassment. I just... The whole thing. We lost how many thousands of people over the last 20 years and all the smart folks at the, like, all 
in, in our city leadership, like, what can we do to build up population in Chicago? Oh, here come puzzles of people. No, except for them. We don't want them. So I was just happy when I saw that headline. Phew. Now, it could I didn't read the full story. It could be they just didn't know about the meeting. Had they known, they'd have showed up. So maybe I'm <laughs> premature and giving credit uh, to uh, Portage Park uh, neighbors. But it is it was a relief to see a headline instead of saying, hundreds show up to scream at aldermen. <laughs> Poor aldermen, you know what I mean? People are screaming at them. Ah, oh, what a city we live in. All right, without further ado, my distinguished guest has been patiently waiting. I'm going to ask her to introduce herself, and away we go. Take your way, distinguished guest. Hey, I'm Ramana Hussein. I'm a member of the editorial board and a columnist at the Chicago Sun-Times. And Ben, I have to say, I have a really funny anecdote when you when you're mentioning how people from, um, you know, all across Chicago, no matter what their race or, um, you know, background is, has been against these, uh, against the migrants. My mom, she was looking at a Tribune um, picture, a picture in the Tribune yesterday, and it was a picture of Asian Americans in Brighton Park dancing. And it was migrants who, I mean, it was people who were dancing because they were happy that the tent, the base tent camp was not going to be built there anymore. And they're dancing. And there was a headline that was unrelated to the story, but it talked about a trial. And my mom's like, oh, there's some sort of trial going on in China. <laughs> and I was just like, what are you talking about? She goes, there's this trial happening in China. So I'm like, it was a totally different, it was a, next to the picture. And so I'm just saying that you know, all these people who are screaming, you know, against it. My mom, who's an immigrant, you know, from India, she's looking at this picture. And the first thing she's thinking is that these people aren't even American. And I told her, no, they're, they're in Chicago and they're dancing because they're happy. The, you know, the, 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 the tent camp isn't going to be there. So I'm just saying that all these people who think that, you know, they're the newcomers. You're you people like even my who are, like my mom even look take one look at you and are thinking like American. You know what I mean? So it's 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 just really sad and um, hard to understand how people, especially like as a person of color, um, I don't get like you know I've talked to you about this. I don't you know I don't get how other people of color like you can have like and you know some of the frustration is understandable but the vitriol and just the the send them back screams and chants those are what i cannot understand and it, it it's just really been disheartening to me especially as someone who's a child of immigrants and then when i when i do see and i have to tell you i've always felt this way um I don't have that high hopes for certain people in this country, but when I do see people of color acting, you know, screaming out against other people of color, it, it it's just more disheartening to me. I don't, I, I, I have higher standards for people of color than white people. I'm sorry. That's just the way I think. I, it, it's just disturbing to me. Well, they're, uh, those high standards may have to be lowered here. No, no, you realize now it's just it, it's just really sad. And, and um, obviously um, you've been missing uh, the Republican debates uh, where there's two people of color, particularly one. Yeah, of the, I mean, of the, of the well, wow. Oh, my God. That guy. Uh, all right. We're going to have. Don't worry. Uh, the the uh, the the Vec Ramaswamy Nikki Haley debate. That is ongoing on this show. Who is worse? Uh, Ramana's going to weigh in with surprising news in a little while. We'll get to that. Um, 
But uh, yeah, shout out Portage Park. And that is, I, I missed that photo that you and your mom saw. That's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta find it. Yeah, I, I was dying laughing because my mom. This was just, this literally happened yesterday, and my mom thought it was something happening in China. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And it said Brighton Park. I told her, "I'm like, look at the headline under the picture." It was, it was pretty funny. It was funny, but in a sad way. So, all right, I'm. I'm we're going to go into another topic, uh, and uh, I don't mean in any way uh, to make light of uh, the carnage that's going on in Gaza and Israel uh, and the, the slaughter that's happening there and the ongoing war uh, and the need just to start with a ceasefire. I'm going to start with that. Okay, I just have to say that. Um, but I saw an article, uh, the, the parochial fights uh, that this, this has sparked in my uh, city of Chicago. Sometimes I just shake my head in dismay. This is another Black Club article. Black Club, you're on a roll. Good God. Uh, and so, um, so I'm reading the story. I'm calling it up here right now as we speak. Um, and so this is a story about a young woman uh, in Logan Square who uh, decided that um, she was going to put a, uh, a Palestinian flag uh, outside her apartment. Uh, I forget where it's somewhere in Logan Square. Who cares where it is? Stop asking me people where it is. No one asked me, but I got the feeling. As a journalist, Ramana, I feel like you must say where it is. You must give all this information as a journalist. Uh, and the landlord has moved to evict her. Uh, and the article, uh, a good story, uh, I thought, a block club, uh, points out that the landlord says that the leases state that tenants, quote, shall not place nor permit any article or antenna outside of the windows or on the exterior walls or on the roof of the building and shall not throw or drop any article out of any window. Uh, and that's the end of quote, according to the lease arrangement. Um, so I guess an article is a flag. Uh, and I read this story uh, and I had to think, well, there's so many issues embedded in this, one of which is uh, tenant-landlord uh, uh, relations, rights of tenants uh, in buildings they rent. Uh, and another uh, has to do, of course, with how personal the dispute is here in the city of Chicago, depending, depending on where you stand on it. Um, I have a very, and another one has to do with free expression the rights of free expression, like when does one person's right to free expression tramples on another person's right, I don't know, to have whatever, uh, be his own property monitored the way he wants to. A lot of issues at stake here, uh, Romana. Uh, but if obviously the first thought I had was, well, I'm sure if it was a f different flag, I don't know, maybe Ukrainian flag, uh, it probably or it might not have sparked the response it did. Uh, and um, I recall the Dyke March uh, that took place a couple summers ago, a few summers ago, and I forget where it was, some park in Chicago where someone was waving a Israeli flag and they were asked to take it down because it was too upsetting uh, to the people, uh, the other marchers. And so they asked this person who was marching uh, to take down the Israeli flag. Uh, and um, so my general response is that nobody believes in free expression as a rule. They only believe they have the right 
to free expression. So if they want to wave an Israeli flag, they feel they should have the right to wave an Israeli flag. If they want to uh, fly a Palestinian flag, they have a right. If they want to put up a Ukrainian flag, they have the right. Uh, and this, to me, just illustrates that larger a point. Uh, the landlord is invoking his rights to have that person evicted for flying the Palestinian or hanging the Palestinian flag. I'm not sure he would invoke that right if it were a different flag. That's my general feeling about this uh, subject, uh, this issue. The floor is yours, Ramana. Take it away. So, um, Ben, I literally just saw that story about five minutes, <laughs> 10 minutes before we just got on air. And so I have two thoughts. The first thought was, you know, Logan Square is gentrified when a Palestinian flag is upsetting a landlord in Logan Square. That's number one, because I think if it was um, if it was mostly Latino people, there would not be an uproar over that flag. And number two, I do think that if it was a Ukrainian flag, nobody would say anything about it. Um if it was a Bears flag, if it was a Cubs flag, nobody would say anything about it. If it was an American flag, nobody would say anything about it. So I personally do think that um, it's the flag itself. And, and, I, and you know, yeah, I mean, someone can argue that this was, um, you know, uh, in, in the lease. This was something that was signed in the lease. The second thing I noticed, Ben, was that I know the woman vaguely. Um, she is... Um, I just got this confirmed right before we jumped on air. She, 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 you know, I saw her last name and I saw her face and I'm like, wait, I know this woman. She basically is the ex-sister-in-law of a family friend of ours. So I do know the woman too. So it piqued my interest to see this story. And Ben, I know, I know a lot of some people are going to be like, oh no, you know, this, this, this was in the lease, but I, I, I totally think it's bullshit. And I have to point out, I just remembered Ben, when we were talking about this off air, um, 2013, 2014. So 2013. So the city of Lincolnwood, the village of Lincolnwood, where I grew up, every summer they have this kumbaya moment and they hang up all the f flags from different countries and different cultures. And it's supposed to celebrate the diversity of Lincolnwood. And they're like help. They're put, put up all, all around um, the city on top of the, you know, the, the streets and the light posts. And uh, so one year they had the Palestinian flag. It, this was 2013, I believe. And then a year later, there was a group of people in Lincolnwood. I'm going to say it's a lot of elderly people. They protested the flag and said they did not want the Palestinian flag hanging as part of this, like, you know, unity unity event that Lincolnwood has every year. And so they actually in 2014, 2015, they had a whole meeting about this. And it people were so angry. At one point, a man, he yelled at a group of people and called them all terrorists. They, a lot of people were saying that this flag represents terrorism. Um, I know this because um, there was a story, the Tribune did a story on it, and it was actually written by a young woman who grew up in Lincolnwood. Um, I remember telling um, my bosses to send someone there, and of course they didn't. Um, and uh, my my sister and brother and my mom were at this meeting, and they said it was like crazy controversial. Like it was like people were like using like words to call Palestinians, and it was it just got out of hand. You know what I mean? And um, so the next year, I think they brought the flag flags back. I think someone was so like upset about it that they're like, oh, we shouldn't even have any flags up there. But then I, I remember the, the then mayor, he basically, this, I looked up the Tribune article and he said, 
I'm strongly opposed to taking the flags down. I think it's important more than anything else for our youth in our community. They need to see we really accept diversity. We need to stop and search our souls and determine what we are really all about. That's what the mayor said. Um, and this young woman, she wrote a column about it, the one who did the story from the Tribune. And she even said, my childhood home is about a quarter mile from where the Palestinian flag once waved. Jews, Christian, Muslims have shared my block, and they share many blocks in this highly diverse village when more, where more than 40 languages can be heard in its homes, according to the school district data. So, you know, it's like, I, I think that flag, I mean... Some people might have objections to the Israeli flag, but I don't think people would evict someone over the Israeli flag. I think they would evict someone over the Palestinian flag. That's just my opinions, and maybe it's my own biases. But this flag caused so this flag caused so much controversy in my village alone, and um, the mayor was on the right side of the issue, which I don't see a lot of people being on at this time and place. Um, and so I, I think it's really interesting. And um, as soon as I saw the story, I reached out to the, the brother of this woman and I'm like, is that your sister? I'm pretty sure it looks like her. And he he just confirmed with me that it was. And um, I texted some other people about it. So I do think it's a pretty interesting story. And, you know, um, this man who I know whose sister it is, you know, he said, you know, she she feels very strongly about it and it's her culture and it's our heritage and, and then which is what she explained um, in, in the story as well. So I'm just telling you that flag, the Palestinian flag has caused a lot of um, controversy. And, 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 and I do think it's like, because it's a Palestinian person. Do you remember Rachel Ray? Do you know who Rachel Ray is? She's like this, she used to be on the food network. She was a food network star. She was, she was really big. She was really big in like the early 2000s, but she was in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial and she was wearing Kafaya, which is like a Palestinian flag. And then everybody like it, the commercial, the ads had to be pulled down because they said she was wearing a terrorist, like, you know, scarf. So, you know, when you use words like terrorism um, to describe someone, I just think, I think this, uh, I really don't think this landlord would have a problem if it was any other flag. So I, I, that's just how I feel because people love waving the Ukrainian flag. Like I, I don't hear any controversy over that. And I have my own, uh, I have my own biases as to why I think that. Well, I have some little friendly advice uh, for your hometown of Lincolnwood, your beloved hometown of Lincolnwood, which I love too. love the Lincolnwood mall. Uh, and uh, uh, so here, and uh I was going to say that Greek restaurant, but I'm always not sure is it in uh, Lincolnwood or Skokie. Yeah, either one. If you want to bring peace uh, to the Jews, Christians, and Muslims of Lincolnwood, uh, and you want them, the Palestinian supporters and Israeli supporters of Lincolnwood to join hand in hand, all you got to do is bring some Venezuelans there. Just yeah, the Venezuelan yeah. city. Was, I mean, all was, of a sudden, the Jews and the Palestinians be like, "Go home." <laughs> I'm just so going to tie the two issues together, man. If you want to bring some real kumbaya to Lakewood, hey, Rogers Park, anywhere, just, just say, "Hey, we're going to bring some refugees or immigrants from." Uh, no, no, and Ben, I, Ben, I have to say, like when I grew up in Lincolnwood, it was, um, it was. It, I think it was more diverse than a lot of places, but it was still very like it was predominantly Jewish and there's still a significant Jewish population. But just to tell you, like, I mean, how predominantly Jewish our schools were. I mean, I made a menorah in woodshop and my menorah was really bad because the um, 
the legs of it, I couldn't sand it down very properly. So they were sanded down too low. But my sister, my older sister was perfect and everything she did. And her menorah was really good. And my parents had it on display. I don't even think they knew what it was. But we had a menorah on display in our... And then we had a mezuzah too outside um, of our house because the previous owners of the house were... Who were the only other owners of the house were Jewish. And it ended up being a guy that worked with my dad... And it was really funny because we had that for years, the mezuzah, like outside of our house. And it was the only time we took it down. It was like we had a Middle Eastern guy who came. He's like, why do you guys have that? And he's just like, I'm just going to take it off. <laughs> and he took it off. But my dad's like, I don't know. I just left it there. So we had a mezuzah for the longest time. And I'm just letting you know, like, I do have some friends I went to school with who um, are Jewish and some classmates. And I know we would totally disagree on um, the issues right now in the Middle East. But I'm just saying that, you know, <laughs> it's like Lincolnwood is pretty diverse and it, it, it it's just interesting how um, your backgrounds can shape who you are and like who you like, you know, whose stories resonate with you. And um, it's it's something that I'm thinking a lot about these last last few weeks. And so the flag, I, I definitely feel I'm sure there's people from my class, you know, my classmates, because we have a, a Niles West, um, my class of eight, class of eighty nine. So now everybody knows when I graduate. We had a, um, we have a, a chat group, a Facebook chat group, and there was a woman from our high school. One of the board members wore a Palestinian flag at the graduation ceremonies, and there's a couple people that I went to high school. They're like, "This is a disgrace." And like, they're like all having a conversation and it wasn't that many people. I think most people thought these people were kind of like, oh, getting a little too overblown, but she was a total lefty and they're all like, she needs to be fired. And I think they're all like, they want to run against her on the school board. And I think some of them are Trumpsters and I'm like, okay, you do that. But anyway, I digress. I'm just saying that I, I, I can see them being against the flag, but I, I definitely, that flag story, I saw it and I didn't know I was going to be connected to it in more ways than one. I uh, I gotta give a shout out to the Lincoln Mayor uh, for the stand uh, that he or she took on that issue. Uh, we may have talked about this earlier. This it, flags can get controversial. Uh, there's a, a little town outside of Detroit, Hamtramck, uh, Hamtramck, I think it's pronounced, uh, and they did a ban on all flags. Uh, was it last summer? Because they the, the council members objected to uh, the gay rights flag. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's like the issue has not gone away. Uh, I don't know if you saw this latest article, uh, Romana, but there was a um, a couple of employees uh, who worked for uh, the town of Ham, uh, Ham Tramp. Tramp, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, uh, and they started flying. They put up the um, uh, gay pride uh, per, uh, flag. Uh, on a public building, and they were fired from their position, and now they're suing. They had worked for the town, and now they're suing uh, the, the leaders of the town. So this, I mean, it's more than just Palestinian and Israel flag, Israeli flags. This flag issue uh, and free expression issue uh, is kind of deep. And I, my, I'm kind of with you on this. My guess is that the, the landlord put that language to protect himself, uh, but did not universally, um, you know, punish people for flying flags. That's my, my guess. Yeah, my guess. My guess is the business. The some people who were coming in were complaining about it, right? Like, would it be? Would they be all upset about a Ukrainian flag? Probably not. And like I said, Cubs, Cubs, Bears, Sox, 
there wouldn't be that much objection, I think. Um, yeah. At some point, I feel uh, it gets a little ridiculous, but other, there's certain things that really offend me. So I say this all the time on the show. Donald Trump's name on that building I find exceedingly offensive, particularly since that building is where my beloved Chicago Daily News used to be, the newspaper that was the afternoon paper to the Sun-Times. That's the site where it used to be. And it's just, I find it so offensive that Donald Trump's name is on that building yeah. for everyone to see, and that he's helpless to take it down. So I understand the symbolic value. Of no, Susan. no, for sure. But I do think that some people's... Um, some what offends some people, people hold that to a higher standard than what other people are offended by. It's like, you know, it's like certain groups of people like they, they can be, you know, they're if they're offended by something, we'll have to shut up. But if like, I don't know, sometimes like someone like me, I'll say, oh, that's offensive to me. And people will be like, oh, you're come on, don't get so offended. You know what I mean? And it it just depends. Like, you know, I mean, I, 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 I you don't. I'm a Muslim post 9-11. So many things that are offensive are said about Muslim people and everybody forgives people when they say that. They're like, oh, that guy's still funny. I mean, I still like him, you know, but there are certain things that can be said about other people and everybody's like, oh, let's cancel them. But some it depends on who you are and if you have powerful positions. I'm just saying that if you're a power if you're a powerful person and you're offended by something or you're a group of people who everybody believes can be victims and other people can't like everybody will. And people still don't think of people like me as being victimized, you know, cause we're so dehumanized. So I I'm just saying that there are certain peoples who, when they get offended, it's like they're put on their, their, the things they're offended by is put on a higher position than things that, you know, certain other people are offended by. We haven't talked about this one in a while. Uh, but when Dave Chappelle did a couple of comedy specials, more than that, I think, uh, where he made uh, derogatory uh, jokes about trans people, had the whole audience laughing at him, uh, and then uh, uh, trans people objected, uh, you would see that I, I saw the um, reaction from Dave Chappelle fans. You can't say anything anymore. You can't make a joke about anything anymore. Get over it. You know, you're too politically correct. You want to... Uh, you know, cancel culture. And so you're absolutely right. It's uh, people feel they have the right to insult anybody uh, if they're not insulted, but then they get mad if they get insulted. So there's not a lot of listening going on in America these days, Ramana. You know, um, uh, it's it's pretty deep. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with this uh, issue because the story of Black Club said that uh, other tenants uh, are thinking of waiting, uh, uh, putting up uh, Palestinian flags in support. So is the landlord going to evict absolutely everyone? Uh, and then what happens if other tenants put up Israeli flags, like you have a battle of flags? Uh, <laughs> That's what happened in Lincolnwood. <laughs> yeah, you got to... Here, I have a solution for you. Uh, just move uh, some uh, some immigrants and across the street. Everybody, get them out of here. That's about the one thing everybody can get them out of here right now. I've been found one neighborhood in the city of Chicago that has welcomed them without a bunch of people standing up and screaming. All right. Um, so I uh, uh, teased this, and let's get to it. Uh, so Ramana kind of broke the story in Chicago about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, at least uh, in the local, uh, in the newspapers, when she went down the South Shore uh, and interviewed him and watched him in action. 
Uh, we've been talking about him for a while. He had his moment. It seems to have uh, receded uh, in the Republican primary for president. Uh, his performance in the last debate, which I watched, so Ramana doesn't have to watch it. Uh, I would, you're welcome, Ramana. I watched the Republican presidential debate, so you don't have to. I don't think even Mick, your uh, po- political junkie husband, <laughs> he doesn't even watch them, um, was, in my opinion, so low. He went on this riff. I'm sure you've seen this one because this one's been all over the Internet. Uh, where he talked about how the January 6th insurrection was an inside job, meaning it was uh, put up by government entities. That it, So it wasn't MAGA insurrectionists. You get what I'm saying? It's so bizarre, MAGA. First they said they did nothing wrong. It was just like a leisurely uh, walk through the Congress. And now they're saying, oh, yeah, it was bad, but it was done by uh, FBI agents or something like that. Uh, absolutely uh, absurd moment. Uh, at that debate. I thought it was the lowest of the low. But you said before we went on the air that you're not sure he was the worst person on the stage. Uh, And uh, so uh, go into that a little bit. Which one of the Republicans? No, all I I said was I don't think Nikki Haley's any better. You know what I mean? I'm just saying as a South Asian who politically disagrees with both of them, most South Asians think both of them are just a hot mess. And and I'm going to tell you that Indian people, we do pay attention. Like, I don't, nobody watches the debates. Like, I, at least most people I know, the Republican debates. But the back and forth between Vivek and Nikki, like, cracks all of us up because it's like two Indian people, like, <laughs> going at it. And you know, like, like I sent you that, um, that story, that that column that the Indian writer did, um, and I thought it was great because it's kind of like for us, it's like, whoa, it's like two Indians going after each other and we don't like them. And, and we both think they're, they're very problematic. Nikki Haley, I mean, come on. This is someone who she called, she said that the people, okay, not to go back on this issue again, but she, I think she called pro-Palestinian protesters equivalent to the KKK. This is the same person that was talking about flags, that was defending the Confederate flag years ago. So she's like, so a lot of Indian people don't like her because she can, you know, because of her skin color and the way she like presents herself, she like packages herself, herself as a white woman. And she's been doing that for years. And now all of a sudden she's the daughter of Indian immigrants. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, and Indian people do not like that. The ones of the, those of us who don't want, aren't, don't feel like we're whitewashed. I'm sure my mom thinks I'm whitewashed, but those of us who are Indian, um, do not appreciate that and or like our culture and like who we are do not appreciate people like that I know in politics it's like everybody always talks about how like oh they're palatable for like oh the Americans and I'm like yeah we hate those people okay they're called sellouts and we call them coconuts and uh, potatoes brown on the outside and white on the inside now Vivek is something really funny because <laughs> He's like someone like someone's like someone just texted me a few days ago. They're like, I can't believe that guy's married to another Indian woman. I would totally think they'd be married to a white woman, but he's not. I'm the one that's married to a white guy. So like, you know what I mean? So because we think that he's such a he's such a sellout on a different level. Like he always talks about how Indian he is and this and that. And then it's like he says everything that a MAGA person wants a person of color to say like, Oh, America's for Americans. And it's like, God, dude, he's kind of like the um, people of color who are screaming against the migrants. I'm like, they only like you because you're saying what you want to, but 
at the end of the day, you're not going to be part of their team. You're not going to be part. They're never going to see you as belonging either. So we, Vivek, sometimes um, some people just kind of like the back and forth. I have to tell you, it's like just enjoyable. My brother sent us a text about, he's like, because oh, Vivek was going after Nikki Haley. And he's like, oh God, this guy's kind of funny. You know what I mean? So it's just like, and he's just, he's just absolutely insane i don't know why he doesn't use his brain or his money for something else and yeah i i i told you ben when i first covered him he was we were talking you were talking about the migrants he came here because he had heard that people on the south side were upset about the migrants and this is someone that's why it a total light bulb went off in my head when i saw the email from him and I remember asking the city desk if they're sent our city desk if they're sending anybody. They're like, why? Why would we send anybody to this? That that was the attitude. And I thought it was a perfect opportunity because I know what kind of Indian he was. He was just like, whoa, I'm going to use this. Come come to this community. Come to the South Side. And never did. And I, I and and Ben, we talked about this. I was at your wife's um, salon getting a haircut when he called me back. And, and, and I, and I asked him like all these, I keep, he, he was like mad at me. Cause I was asking him like what it felt like to be a Brown man causing more division between the Brown and black communities. And he was just like, at the end of it, he was just kind of like, Oh, thanks for forcing me, force feeding me my vegetables. And I'm like, what is, what does that mean? And the guy's a vegetarian. I was going to make some sort of joke, but then I don't want to, I don't want to get caught into this, like, you know, like, you know, so it's like, oh, okay, whatever. And he, I asked him, I, and it was the best thing because like, it was perfect. I asked him if he ever has been to Chicago before. And he goes, yeah, he's, he's from Ohio, Cincinnati. I think he grew up in the suburb outside. And he goes, yeah, he's like, I've been to Devon. And I swear to God, people thought, you know, they wrote, when I wrote it in my piece, they're like, what well, did he really say that? I go, yes, he called it Devon. And one of my um, South Asian friends, she's Pakistani. She's like, God, take away his brown card right there he doesn't even know how to pronounce it and and so like i'm just saying like i just thought it was classic because i knew what kind of indian guy he was okay it's like i was like oh this is perfect and i and he i was like have you ever been to the south side of chicago i first asked him if you ever been to chicago and he said yes i've been to devon and then i go have you ever been to the south side of chicago and he's like yeah i came to uc you know just check it out when i was 18 years old and i'm like oh god you know what I mean? And Ben, you know how I feel about people who aren't from Chicago. And when you're an Indian not from Chicago, we have thoughts too. So I'm just saying that we all, Indians from Chicago, we look at certain people and we view them differently if they're not from Chicago. And when they're from small towns, we view them a lot more differently. We hate on them more. So I'm just saying that there's there's all these there's all these divisions among Indians as it is, and there's divisions among Indian Americans too. Like even among, I was telling Mick, I go, even among the Indian Americans in the Chicago area, if you're not from Chicago or the North Shore or the North Suburbs, we do kind of, we're like, oh, but like, <laughs> on you and uh we do look at people who are from like naperville and schaumburg and we we call them the six i think schaumburg is a different area code but we call people from other suburbs or like 50 miles away we call them like the 630 people so we do look we, and they they look at us differently too i think they call us the chicagoans even though we're not from chicago well well they just they just like never come out to the city like they're they're the kind of they're kind of some of them not all of them because i have some friends who live there too but we we they even make fun of themselves too they know we we have like a certain like view of people but yeah i like ben we've talked about it i look at certain people who aren't from the city or didn't grow up in the city or didn't grow up near the city certain certain ways and so indians do this the same thing well i think they look at us too and they think we're they they probably have their thoughts too 
about who we are. They probably think we're really clicky. And that that could be a good point. That could be. It's all high school. It's, this is all high school stuff. Uh, and uh, all right. So yeah, that was a good rip. Uh, about uh, our good friend Vivek. So let me ask you this. Tough question. No ducking, no dodging. Uh, you can't go third party on this answer. So you have a choice in the ballot for President of the United States. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy or Donald Trump? What do you vote for? I can't vote for that. I can't vote. I wouldn't vote. I would just wouldn't vote. I, I, I just put a right in and voted myself. I mean, I don't even think I'm fit to be president, but I think I'd be better president than both of them. <laughs> I think you. I would vote for you over either one of them. Are you kidding? Oh my god! Uh, what a horrible choice. I still think he's the worst up there of all the candidates. Uh, I heard your ref on Nikki Haley. Uh, I understand everything you said, and everything's relative. Uh, I'm not saying. Well, all right, here you go. Nikki Haley versus Donald Trump. Could you vote for either one? I wouldn't vote for either, but. I know everybody thinks Nikki Haley's better. I think she's smarter, but I don't. I, 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 I I'm just saying, as a South Asian, it just, it, it, I just, it just put. She just puts a bad taste in my mouth. I know people are like, "Oh, she's better than Donald Trump." I'm like, listen, when you're South Asian, you look at her and you're like, "Why are you doing this?" Like, people feel the same way about Vivek. Like, he, you have all this money, you have a brain clearly, and you're like, I think Nikki Haley's smarter than Donald Trump. I think. I think she knows how to play the game, but it's like she's represented so many things. And, you know, just like the whole thing with the Dylan Roof thing and like, you know, coming out and supporting the Confederate flag. I guess that's one flag that offends me, Ben. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of like the excuses she was coming up with, you know, and it, it, it was it was just it, it's just a little hard. I think I think she just tries to, you know, the fact that she can pass as white, it, it, it's just disturbing to me. And the things that come out of her mouth to me as a South Asian, it's it's kind of offensive. Like Trump, like, OK, I expect that. But I'm like, I, I know you're I know what you're saying. It's just like I, I just find it offensive that the Indian Americans who have made big strides. I mean, Kamala Harris is another one. But it's like these in, these are both. um prominent Indian Americans and they're just crazy right wingers. It's, it's like, this is, this is the Indian Americans that we have as presidential candidates. I, I remember a few years ago, like someone in the newsroom and then everybody thinks I'm supposed to like, like these people because I'm South Asian. And it's like, I remember someone coming up to me and asking me if I was really happy about Bobby Jindal being the governor of Louisiana. And I'm like, no, you know what I mean? It's like that guy's like it's like actually sad for a lot of people who are Indian. It's like really sad. It's like when he was running, I mean, there was a great he was New York Times or Washington Post article about how his Indian family friends are really disappointed because they were going to come to his party and they got letters saying that don't show up in Indian clothes. And, um, you know, he says things like, oh, you know, I didn't grow up in a family where we ate Indian food. Bullshit. He's like my age. Your parents made Indian food. Okay. They came from India. So it's like, it's, it's really offensive to me. I just, I, people who try to erase who they are, they, to me, they just rub me very the wrong way. And maybe this is why when I look at Indians from small towns, I'm like, I'm like, maybe you didn't have other Indians with you, but at a certain point you have to start embracing who you are. And you know, I'm not saying I'm super Indian. I'm sure my cousins in India, I don't think I'm like that Indian, but it's like erasing who you are and your identity to advance yourself 
whether it's like in a regular career or politics to me is, is just highly offensive personally. Yeah. I would add that, uh, to the flags that really offend me, uh, the Nazi flag, uh, and the, you know, uh, uh, and the Confederate flag. So I would, uh, stand by the landlord who would evict somebody for those flags. So it's interesting. We all have, our yeah. stand. we're not absolutists on this thing. Although there are people who pretend that they are when it comes to free expression. I always laugh, uh, when I hear that, cause I don't believe anyone really is. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, so let's move on to uh, the Maya question. I meant to tell you I was going to ask you this. Uh, and I asked uh, Mick this question uh, at first Tuesday and Tuesday. Uh, and I'm pretty much asking every journalist uh, that I see these days the Maya question. So just, you know, Ramana's been a working journalist in the city of Chicago since I want to say the 90s. So she's been around for a while. She's covered the Cook County uh, Courthouse. Uh, she's edited thousands of articles uh, making the gibberish of sometimes reporters almost intelligible, just teasing you sometimes reporters. You know, I love every one of you. Uh, and um, you've written columns and you've written editorials. And Maya, of course, is my dear friend, Maya Dukmasafa, partner in crime at First Tuesdays. Uh, and she said uh, that she was concerned that all the investigative stories she, she'd been writing have been, had a corrosive effect on the public's attitude toward government. And that it, in many ways, she could make an argument that she was doing almost as much of a disservice as a service by constantly chronicling the ineptitude of government, the corrupted nature of Chicago officials, uh, and just the, the general just dysfunction of it all. Uh, and so she was having this moment of thought. So I uh, asked Mick this, uh, do you think that overall there is a corrosive effect that journalists are having uh, and the public's attitude toward government? Uh, and do you think it's time journalists try to rethink a little bit about how they go about writing about the people and the governments they cover? Go ahead. I thought it was a really good, um, this was a really good question. Um, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I mean, I think I think journalists do have to sadly cover the things that are wrong with our um with the government, with the systems we have in place. I sadly I think that is our job. I mean, um I do think it's good to cover like features and good news and I, I think that's important. I think one of one of the problems we were talking about this um after your show on Tuesday I was talking about this with Mick um and I I think it's important definitely to have a mix of stories. I think you should have serious stories and you should have lighthearted stories too. But I also think that there's a lot of <laughs> newsrooms my my newsroom included the when they put this focus on like, Oh, let's cover fun things. It's like, it's like the focus kind of just shifts onto the fun things. And we're just talking about things that are like fun and like, you know, what people want to hear where we're ignoring all these other things that are happening. And I know I, and I'm I, an example I want to give you is like, we haven't had a transportation reporter since Manny Ramos left. Um, and he's at the at block club right now. Um, we don't have anyone who covers the county. We don't have anybody who goes to Cook County government meetings. Um, you know, we don't have anybody. Who, we used to have someone that would check the lawsuits um, every day, like in Cook County. And they got rid of that. 
And, you know, it's like, you know, we always do these surveys and we talk to people and they, they always say that they don't want to hear negative news. And I get that. And I, I totally get that. But now it's like there's this like focus on like, oh, let's just cover the fun things that everybody's having. You know, people jumping in Montrose Harbor. That's all we're going to do. The swim club. And I'm like, give me a break. Like how much time? I mean, the Logan Square Farmers Market. Like we had like five stories about that over the summer. And it's like. Okay, I, I get it. It's a story, but we don't need 20 stories about this. And I, and I'm saying this, I've said this to people in the Sun-Times newsroom. I think we I think we can have a balance, and that's what I think is hard to achieve. I think when you're trying to achieve that balance and trying to pe- give people good news, it's like don't lose sight on the fact that you need to cover hard news too. Um and 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 I think part of it is also like you know, people don't want to cover the small things anymore. Like everybody wants to be like, this is like kind of related to it, but everybody wants to be a star now. Like nobody wants to like, you know, it's like when, and and I'm not saying like, Oh, everybody like, Whoa, always is me. But you know, when you start off in journalism, it's not the same anymore. Like nobody wants to put in those five years where you're doing like the grunt work and checking on, you know, checking on police beats. Nobody wants to do that anymore. So it's like, I just think there's just like a lack of like, you know, everybody's just trying to chase what they see is like, what's going to get the clicks, what's going to get people to talk. And I don't think that's always what news is. I don't think your stories are always going to be the ones that people are paying attention to. I just think you need to, you do. A lot of journalism is bad news and a lot of journalism doesn't have to be bad news, but it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think that's what the problem is. Like, I think that we have like a lot of people doing longer, serious news stories and and then we have people just doing like fun stories like oh like you like i said people jumping in the lake and like oh this is so fun and it's like okay it's fun but i don't want to hear 20 i don't want i don't need 20 stories about this that i'm just saying as a news consumer i just think that you know it's like uh, <laughs> we how many you know mick always talks about this in, in the sports section like we have so many bear stories and i don't I, and i'm not going to i'm not going to knock that like we do cover fun things too we cover fun sports like i mean people like me who like sports like i would probably say that we have too many people covering sports like i like why don't we cover something else like you know what i mean like so i understand why you need sports that's what i'm saying like what's fun to you might not be fun to someone else that's what i'm saying like it's kind of like what's offensive to you like i feel like in this city like when when people become obsessed with certain things and i might not be obsessed with them it's like, well, we have to like focus on this, on this because this group of people loves this. So now let's do like a hundred stories about it. And I, I'm just saying there new, needs to be a balance, and I don't think that balance is there. It's like we, we, I, I'm that. That's just my opinion. So what the one thing about uh, I'm going to just pick up one element of what you riffed on, uh, and it has to do with the way the Sun Times goes about it. And I think the Sun Times is the model on this one. Uh, and I think actually the Sun-Times model uh, is, is just like a beautiful symbol uh, for people in Chicago and the culture. Um, and so the Sun-Times uh, separates sports from uh, the, re- the rest of the newspaper. Uh, so if you actually read the Chicago Sun-Times, the newspaper, as opposed to reading individual articles online, <clears throat> the sports section is on the back. The, the news is on the front. So if you you could just uh, flip it over and you could just ignore the quote unquote news and just read the Sun Times. Uh, Conversely, if you don't want anything to do with sports, you could just read it from the front. And then as soon as you get to the obituaries, stop reading. 
okay? And I could tell you right now, there's a significant chunk of the city of Chicago, literally thousands and thousands of people who are going through life following. That's a metaphor for their life. They never read the sports section. You could, this, there are issues of burning importance to sports people in the city of Chicago. For instance, should the Bears keep Justin Fields? That is a question that Bears fans have not tired of discussing for over a year. And I will submit to you, Romana, that there were, are over a million people in the city of Chicago, if not more, who don't even know who Justin Fields is. Could not tell you who he, you could put a lineup of 10 people, their pictures, and they would not know who Justin Fields is. So it's brilliant strategy in a part of the Sun Times. Put the sports over there. Then the people who don't care about Justin Fields. I know a person who, when asked a question about any bear, the only, like, identify this bear, the only person they could say to identify the bear was Brian Erlocker, because that was the only bear the person could. I'm not going to say who this person is. I once showed this person a picture of Lovey Smith, who was the coach of the Bears uh, 10 years ago, and he was wearing a Bears hat. So this person knew who that the person was related to the Bears, <laughs> and she said, Brian Urlacher. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you could see a picture of Brian Urlacher and you could see a picture of Lovey Smith, you would know they are not the same person, okay? My point being, Romana, what people are just find really important and burns in their soul matters not at all, at all to like five other people. So if you're in the media and you want to get the maximum benefit of those sports junkies, Put that sports in its own separate little ghetto there in the back and just have the sports junkies read that. You know, now nobody reads anything. They're so cheap. They don't pay for newspapers. So that's a whole other issue. So that's my. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. And I have to tell you that um, <laughs> the, the most uh, the only team, the Bears team that I can recognize, like probably more than any other one is the Super Super Bowl shuffle bears. Like, I'll, I know those guys. And I was going to say, how could you be from the Chicago area and not know who Brian Urlacher is with all those, like, balding? And then I had an argument with Mick because he's just like, he was telling me that he has to watch the Bears game because, you know, to talk to anybody in Chicago, you have to know what's going on with the Bears. And I'm like, I'm from Chicago. I don't know anything about the Bears. And I go, you know, we have to talk about the Bears with anybody. I'm like, he's like, well, this is what people talk about. And I'm like, well, I guess they don't talk about it with me. So I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's like if you're a heterosexual male, like that's all you talk about. But I don't talk about the Bears. Uh, I wish I was more pragmatic. You know, I just will watch the Bears so that I can have a conversation with someone at a water cooler as opposed <laughs> to needing them. And like, like whenever they're on TV on a Thursday night or Sunday night gathering with my friends to watch them, which is really weird behavior because they're so terrible. Yeah, I, I, I have to tell you, I, I the last time I watched a Bears game, a full Bears game, was when Prince was the, when they were in the Super Bowl in 2007. And I mean, we have it on, we have it on the back. You, okay, just want to let the world know this. I love telling this story. Uh, I wish Dr. D was here to hear this story because he loves it as much as I do. So that brief moment uh, when I did my show uh, from that lovely little studio in the Sun-Times office, really enjoyed that studio immensely. And um, Romana would come in every Friday, just walk into the studio. It was great days. Anyway, uh, the Bears 
had a very successful team in 2018. And so coming into 2019, there was much enthusiasm for the Bears, okay? They had lost a heartbreaker in the playoffs the year before, but everybody thought this was the year that they were going to really just take it to the next level. I am not making this up. Uh, the Chicago Sun-Times threw a party. They threw a party at the start of the Bears season, and they had free food and free drinks at this party. And I've said this on the show before, and I'll say it again. If you want to see people fall on food, put a bunch of free food in front of journalists. You have never seen, you would think these journalists have never ate a meal in their life. Free and food? I may not like it, but I'm eating it. Man, they're woofing it down and they're singing bear songs and everything. And they, <laughs> I remember they were singing the bear song. Romana, you were there. I, I wasn't singing. I wasn't singing any bear song. I, I did eat the free food. I'll eat free. I, I'm all about the free food. But I, oh, the one thing I said, if you ever have food at your house and it's not getting finished, if it's like a, if it's something that's non-perishable. All you got to do is take it to a newsroom. I mean, this is pre-COVID, of course. You take it to a newsroom and you just put it on the counter and it will get finished within five minutes, guaranteed. And I remember, so we used to get Giordano's, like there was some sort of deal we had with Giordano's and they would put, they would get pizza every Friday. And I was at the criminal courthouse. I love pizza. I'll eat any kind of pizza. I, I, I have my favorites, but I'll eat cheap pizza too. I'll eat Little Caesars. I'll eat like whatever pizza you give me. And I remember I was so bummed. And then when I, I came back into the office as a full-time editor, they got rid of the – I only had it one week. And then we had one guy that was like the pizza like master. Like he was – he's not the pizza master. But he was like some guy that worked with security. And he'd be, he'd be assigned to make sure that nobody took more than – one pizza and they waited until everybody came back and i remember we got this email about how people were coming back for seconds before everybody got one and it was like pizza gate it was like oh my god is it really that serious like who cares if someone comes back for more pizza anyway i used to call it the walking dead when people used to and the pizza would come because if you ever watch the walking dead when the zombies would hear something they would all kind of like there was like a horde of zombies and like they would all get up and and you know anybody who's worked in a newsroom knows that it's really can be really disheartening working in a newsroom like it's a lot of work you're just overworked and underpaid and so like when the pizza would come out you'd see all these like sad looking people getting up kind of walking towards the pizza so i said it was like the walking dead because it was like it was they were like a they were like, they made it, it was like the pizza was the noise that the zombies hear and then they all get up. <laughs> it, was just, it was just so funny. I'm like, oh my God, it's like the walking dead. It's like, it was, it was, it was, it was, it's so funny. It's like, there's so many newsroom jokes about um, free food and pizza and like free food and journalists because we love the free food. So I always tell people, if you want journalists to show up anywhere, just mention free food and they'll be there. That's hilarious. The pizza police. Yeah. Uh, you know, my one little, uh, whatever month it was, staying in journalism, opened my eyes. Uh, you, I always say there was like five really friendly people. Romano was one of Marina O'Donnell, uh, Bandana Bob, Dennis and I, we knew them all, like the friendly people. And then there's like the walking zombie. You're right. They're like, stop. <laughs> like, they, they don't look at you. They just, you know, I'm always like, hello, how are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> He's like, oh, don't look at me. <laughs> my life is miserable. I hate this existence. So it does. I think Maya may have a point. After years of covering corruption, and it just wears on them, and they're just, uh, 
I love you, Gerald Weston, more than anything. All right, we've run out of time, so I've not. Uh, I had one other thing on the list. We'll hold it for the next time. Uh, Ramona's review of the Trevor Noah concert, which is really funny. It's a great riff. She's going to go on, uh, but we just have run out of time for this particular show, so we'll hold it for next time. And by then, I will watch uh, Reservation Dog. Finish watching it, and we can riff on that because, man, that is good stuff. And you recommended it, so. Uh, uh, that's something we could do the next time we're, uh, we're together. All right, Ramona? All right, very good. That's Ramona Hussein. I'm Ben Jarofsky.